So, tell me something terrible. Yeah, it's a space spirit fingers. Oh, that's what that is. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, These are spirit fingers. What a great movie! Is it? Mm -hmm. Is that drumline? Not drumline. No. (laughs) I was really close though. (laughs) It's okay. I was like they're in the same vein. No, to be fair, I'm bring it on. Yeah. It. I was panicking. In I might have been laughing, yard. but I was on the yard. Inside, like my brain was starting to spiral because I was like, I watched that movie. Oh, it's already been almost every day. Do you watch that movie for every an day? entire summer when I was in high school? Oh, I see. I was more team drumline. Oh, uh, drumline was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't that, and we watched Jawbreaker, You're- which is the dark version of. Um, of Mean Girls. I thought you were going to say Clueless. Uh, no, we watched Clueless. That summer we watched a lot of Clueless and a lot of Craft. Wait, is the brother in Clueless Ben Stiller? No, it is Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's someone famous. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yep. Paul Rudd's another pass. <laughs> <laughs> like hard pass? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. His Hot Ones was amazing. It was. Um. Oh, hi. I'm Tiffany. Hi. I'm Scott. And you're listening to Tell Me Something Terrible. Yeah, you are. Now that you've had all of our dumb recommendations for things. Job That's not recommendations. Jawbreaker like, is an amazing movie. What, late 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. shit movies? Jawbreaker, Craft, Superstar, uh, Super Troopers. Superstar's overrated. Oh, no. Sometimes when I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Super Troopers is great. Superstar? Uh, mm, nope. Divorce. Just in my opinion. All right. We're going to go to... Uh, a local serial killer. Local? Mm-hmm. How local? Like Michigan or like local, local? Like, um... Like in our neighborhood? Michigan. No, not that, no, not not that local. Okay. Um, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Like Detroit. All right. Esque-ish. Okay. <laughs> Born and raised in South Detroit. He's He's going to be a two-parter because he has two legs of his journer, journer, journey. Jesus. Are you going to be all right? I was combining South Detroit and Journey together into one song or one name, Journer. No, I'm not going to be okay. And he has two we're, legs. We're a week behind. I'm struggling. Okay. So Anybody, much going on. Uh, first off, nobody complained that we're a week behind. Secondly, it was Easter. We had family shit. And that leads us to our other point of we are doing this two-parter. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be full on because this will release whatever, the 18th-ish. Sure. And then the second part will release the May 1st, sure. whatever. I'm not good with dates. Mm-mm. But anyway, that will lead us right into summer. And we are going to take a break a during few, yeah, a few the beginning of break. summer um, and catch up with life and extracurriculars that, you know. Need attention. Yeah. Just job I, pursuits yeah. and yes. life pursuits that aren't this podcast for a yes. while. Yes. I have a lot of education I have to catch up on that I like put off since December and I have my nutrition class that I have uh, uh, six weeks to finish. Perfect. Five weeks to finish. Yep. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes. Life we work has so well under point. pressure. Life in case you hadn't noticed with our like late night session, be like, when are we recording this? Monday at 11 o'clock and it gets released at 6 a.m. Yes. on Tuesday. Yeah. We thrive under pressure. As you cannot, as you probably can tell, this isn't our full-time job as being podcasters. This is a part-time hobby. We do love our patrons. 
and we will keep up with the Patreon. And our regular listeners. Well, in the Patreon, they get the advantage of me writing, which... <laughs> and me interjecting. So it's... Are we selling it for you? Yeah. Hashtag shameless plugging. There's a reason that's not our main podcast. <laughs> that's just the ones that truly love us. Anyway. You get to hear me get even more angry So that, when Scott tells whoa, me about chariot no, no, racing. No. I have... Chariot racing? You really got hung up on that one. <laughs> The last one was fun. Yes. I don't even remember what it was about, but it was a good time. <laughs> um, I wrote the thing. It was about Morse code. It was about Morse code. Anyway. Oh, shoot. I spoiled it. Because I don't figure it out oh, until like oh, 20 yeah. minutes in. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what? So I ruined anyway. it. I'm so sorry. You probably aren't. Anyway, there. Uh, so we'll try to keep up with the Patreon. She may write some. I might write some. Either way, that's how we're going to get through the summer months. And then as it gets to fall and we don't have nearly as much going on as much shit going on then we'll pick it back up we've harvested we've done canning we've done being <laughs> mini harvested yes we've we're we're when we are done role-playing uh end of the worlders doomsday doomsdayers we're not doomsdayers we just like to we like we eat so much salsa that it behooves us to grow our own yes because and it's just i'm having fun learning shit that like i think is important to learn like canning well, yeah you got a little bit of that like you know native in you where it's good to what no i mean like you are more in touch with that honor your ancestors you actually have ancestors yeah (laughs) (laughs) you do too they're just an ocean away yeah yeah um but anyway so that's what is going on this will get released we'll release one at the beginning of may we'll still be doing patreon episodes so if you really miss us for a buck you can go listen to all those yeah there's like a half there's a dozen and a half already more than that oh my Um, god how many is there two dozen patreons no two dozen episodes on oh, patreon patreon there's one for every month we've had this podcast sure so i'm not gonna run the numbers but there's a bunch okay and i wrote them all and they're all written by me <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an english major okay so you get what you get he's an efficient writer i and they're not terrible most mm-hmm. some of them are most of them are interesting yes and that's what i like to write about yep anyway. there's aliens and People that influenced history and chariot racing. I appreciate, like, you know, female empowerment. I like interesting parts of American history. Like, the stuff that, like, that we should know. Yeah. Anyway, go about your business. Let's talk about a murderer. Yes. Serial killer, you said. Sharp turn. Yep. From Detroit. Carl, well, Texas. Carl. 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 With a C. Okay. Eugene Watts. Was born in November 1953 to an army private and kindergarten teacher in Texas. When in 1953? November. Okay. It doesn't matter. I was just curious. I mean, I could have figured the whole so date, but I didn't give that age. much of a shit. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and when Carl was a toddler, his dad left. He would be my parents' <laughs> age. I feel like I should have said. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you hard passed on that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when Carl was a toddler, his dad left and gave no reason why. He just upped and bounced. He went to the gas station for cigarettes, never came back. <laughs> yep. He bounced okay. like a baby downstairs. Oof. That's your favorite. <laughs> That's your favorite saying. It is. He was out like a boner in sweatpants. That's a better one. <laughs> that really gets people going. Yeah, it does. Boners <laughs> and sweatpants usually do. So um, his mother then moved him and the rest of his siblings to Inkster, Michigan, and his mom, named Dorothy, in case you wanted to know. Okay. Uh, she got remarried to some dude with six more of his own kids. She's and then Dorothy bunch style. Yeah. And then Dorothy and the new dad had two more babies to themselves as well. You got a whole football team. Cool. Yep. 
So poor little Carl didn't get much attention. Damn it, Carl. <laughs> Nor did he make any fuss to get any. Okay. He was just middle of the road. Just old quiet Carl. Keep his head down. Okay. And you know what they say about quiet kids. <laughs> okay. So uh, he was usually shy and introverted. You don't know, this, you should watch out for the quiet kid? Yeah. 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 That's why you bring him candy. No, I listen to Dane Cook. Don't <laughs> Here's, thanks for the Snickers. <laughs> thanks for the Snickers. <laughs> So anyway, remember when Dane Cook used to be funny? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know what he's doing these days. Uh, probably nothing we want to know. Probably not. So he was usually shy and introverted unless he didn't get his way, mm-hmm. and then he got volatile. Oh, okay. That's why you give him the Snickers. <laughs> yeah, you're not you when you're hungry. That progressed quickly. <laughs> so Carl liked to spend time with his uh, grandma and his cousins, who all had southern drawls. So his name usually came out as Coral, and <laughs> like it was a reef. Yes. So okay. it was a name that he liked. So much that he pleaded with his mother to change it because coral belonged to, uh, to reefs and reefs were pretty but dangerous. Okay. So yes, like a coral reef. <laughs> you wanted to be pretty but dangerous. Mm-hmm. I like where he's at. So as a young child, me too, total vibe. So as a young child, Carl. Next tattoo has coral, coral in it. <laughs> I'm like, why? It's because it's pretty and dangerous. <laughs> Just like. The serial killer, Coral Rots. Watts. Okay. Words are hard. Yep. So as a young child, Carl liked skinning rabbits, and Carl also liked sports. And uh, it's how he took out his <laughs> aggression and frustrations. On the rabbits or the sports? <laughs> Both. Okay. So this frustration came from being... What a bu- weird combination of hobbies. Uh, well, you know, have you, normally, have you watched the no, Dahmer? Normally you're an outdoorsman or you're a sports person. You're not usually <laughs> skinning rabbits before t-ball practice. <laughs> have you seen the Dahmer no. show? Mm, you'll, if you did, you know why that's a lot. Okay. Because like his dad, there was like a roadkill and he was like, ooh, or something died, and he was like really macabre about it, and his dad kind of interpreted it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, this kid likes hunting and like gutting, like you know, I'll teach him like manly stuff." So he's like, "This is how you gut a fish, and this is how you gut this." And they would like live trap things and and yeah. and skin them and stuff. And his dad's thinking he's teaching him these like cool kind of like trades and survivalist kind of things. And and but really, Jeffrey Dahmer's in there like fingering fish and getting hard, and it's just fucked up. So Did you say fingering fish? Yeah, like literally like taking his guts and like slits. Oh my god, there's a scene. Uh, you don't need to explain it's, it to me. It's rough. Like he slit the mm-hmm. fish and was like, and it was like kind of arousal for him. So it's a lot of likes. You got to watch the show. It's fucked. I don't got to watch yeah, shit. That no, sounds terrible. This is why I don't hit like talk about the really heavy hitters because people are like oh my gosh have you seen this and i was like if you fucking knew the shit i listened to Mm -hmm. this doesn't phase me at all so um obviously because i can just blase say it and sorry (laughs) you guys have to suffer through it anyway terrific they know what they signed up for he took his frustrations out on skinning rabbits and sports and he had these frustrations because they came from being behind in school Mm mm-hmm so Carl missed an entire third grade because his mother, Dorothy. <laughs> missed the, an entire third grade? An entire third grade. Okay. The third grade. <laughs> I wrote that properly. Yep. So he missed the entire third grade. Nope. But just one of them. Just one. <laughs> because he had to redo it. Oh, there's um, two third grades for everybody. Yes. <laughs> it's a really pivotal year, I'm There's told. three of them, actually. That's why it's called the third grade. Oh, th- yeah. That rules of three, triple three. Anyway, go about it. Go about your business. <sighs> His mother and Dorothy, his mother and Dorothy, his mother and him, Dorothy and him, 
Yeah. This is really sad. Okay. They both contracted meningitis. Okay. Yeah. So it's sad. So the first hospital it's they called meningitis, but it's still susceptible to women and children. <laughs> it's women meningitis when it's ladies. Yeah. Whoa, meningitis. So the first hospital that they tried to um, get admitted to refused uh-huh. to treat Carl, just his mother. Okay. So Carl went home and his fever got worse, and then he contracted polio. And so he having a good week. <laughs> yeah. So then he finally got into a hospital. I missed the third grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and fell behind. We can all just blame this on the lack of vaccines. So he finally got into a hospital that would take him, but when he went back to school, he was now a full grade behind, and his attention span was reduced, his grades suffered, and he complained about this new shitty memory that he had often. Because his brain was like 104 degrees for too long? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that might be part of my problem. I've got a lot of like culminating things. I'm like, man, it's not just long COVID. It's having sepsis. Mm -hmm. So like- I already probably had like little bits of issues with like attention and remembering shit and like object permanence. And then I turned like 25 and got sepsis and had a fever of 105 before I went to the ER and almost died. <laughs> and that causes brain damage. And when I tell like my nurse clients. Hopefully we never use this as evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, when I tell my nurse clients and like people that I know that are in the medical field that my fever hit 105, every one of them reacts with, oh, you're probably lucky you didn't die. And I'm like, thanks. I know. But my brain struggled. And now I've had COVID multiple times. And it's even worse. Yeah. So, you guys. That was on a CVS, like, you know, thermometer. Who knows? It could have been off. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) That was hospital. That was the one I got into the ER. They're like, oh, your temperature is 104.5. Yeah. You're going to die. You're struggling. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That was when there was a different strain of flu. Back when there, before COVID happened, when people got scared of new strains of flu. And now it's like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Man, we've become desensitized. All right. Anyway. Polio. Polio. Um, His memory. <laughs> yes. Grades suffer. Yours. His, yes. Both of them suffering. So on top of his memory, everybody's memory suffering, mm-hmm. the difference between him and I. Yeah. He also began to complain of fantasies of torturing and I murdering this women. this is the only difference between you and him. Oh, okay. This is the only difference. Yes. He was fantasizing about murdering and torturing women. Okay. I don't think about that. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, he also started stalking girls at his school. Okay. Yep. So by the time that he was 15, Carl's ha- Carl had a fourth grade reading level. At 15? 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he also didn't really seem to care anymore. So there was no effort in improving. All right. He's just content. Yep. Cool. Settled. 15 years old is also when Carl had his first run-in with the law. All right. On his paper route in Detroit... A woman named Joan Gave opened her door mid-morning to a young Carl who proceeded to punch her in the face until she screamed and Carl decided to run away and then just continued his paper delivery per the <laughs> okay. use. Strange uh, series of events yeah, there. Yeah. Hey, lady, I'm going to punch you. Yep. And then I'm going to run away. Like an upper, like 40, 50-year-old like, woman, like upper, you know. Huh. Yeah. And back I then. Like, I feel like there's probably more to that story that just did, never came out, but that's still strange. Yeah, he is a minor. So four days later, he was arrested. Okay. No, there really isn't anything to it. No, that's that's the story. Like, truly, it was not provoked. It was she it. She opened the door. She opened the door. Her. Yeah, he, like, knocked, you know, like, here's your paper, lady. And he just ducked her in the face okay. until she screamed. Yep. And he, he ran went, away. As, okay. There's literally no provocation mm-hmm. because when he was asked for a motive, 
He simply said he just wanted to beat someone up. Okay. That's Bad, so it wrong is wrong place, wrong time. Okay. Yeah, it is a cut and dry story. All right. N- nothing else. Okay. He just was like, you know what? Let's do this. <laughs> this is the lady. So he was taken to a mental hospital where he underwent a psych evaluation. How'd that go? Uh, it was determined that he had a low IQ, and I read somewhere, like in sources, anywhere between 68 to 75. That's not good, right? Mm, no, but, okay. but to be fair, to be fair. To be fair. Uh, honestly, it might have also been systemic racism and ableism at work um, to like determine that he had this small like of an IQ. Yeah. Um, because afterwards, there wasn't a, another single psyche valve that he had in and out of like the wards that he was in um, or any detective or police officers. that They all said that he was insanely cunning. None of them determined that he had low IQ and... Um, that he was really smart and he knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. So in this test, they were like, he's a dummy. Mm-hmm. That's rude. That's rude. In this test, it says that he has a low, a lower IQ. Yeah. But Book smart wise, he probably was well below average. Right. But also part of the problem is, that's the problem with the IQ test. We know that it is inherently privileged because it doesn't consider it doesn't take into consideration people getting lower education. Yeah. And because he was learning at a lower level or he just didn't give a shit after like missing a school year, mm-hmm. it it truly could be racism. Anyway, that doesn't matter. You said I wasn't allowed to get political in this episode <laughs> earlier and then I did and I'm so sorry. Preferably not. We know that IQs are privilege based and probably racist. Yeah. Um anyway, if you don't know, look it up. Um, anyway, he told the doctors <laughs> At that your he, own leisure. Yeah. Just in case you are bored like I get. So anyway, he told the doctors that he would dream of murdering women and felt better afterwards. That's not great. Mm-mm. I'm not a doctor. Not, not making a full diagnosis. <laughs> but. You do have a degree in biochemistry. So you're the closest uh, thing on this podcast to a doctor. <laughs> by, okay. You took abnormal psych once. I did. Yeah. At community college, <laughs> which makes it less um, reputable, I would say. In a community college in the Midwest, too. <laughs> Whoa. We're, you know. All my college experience is Midwest. Easy. Yeah, we're a little slower here. <sighs> so there was IQ tests. Just kidding. So the doctor decided that uh, Carl was impulsive and passive aggressive with no evidence of psychosis, but it was suggested that he was having troubles controlling his, quote, homicidal impulses. Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't have those. Uh-huh. And then he was released a couple months later, and his doctors suggested that he be put in outpatient care. I was going to say, released to where? Just back into the... Back to his parents, because he's 15 years old Okay. at this point. This is after he punched Joan in the face. Mm-hmm. This was what happened afterwards. I mean, this is a bad morning on the paper route. We've all been there. <laughs> That is true. We do know that our frontal cortex that does house our impulse control isn't developed yet. You know. I did a paper out a couple times. <laughs> seven for my dad. I wanted to punch people. Uh, yeah, but you were a grown-ass adult that had better impulse control. Do you remember control. that one time? This is a fun story. When, <laughs> when I sobered up in the middle of the paper route that I helped you on? No, no, no. no. When, that was rough. No, when my dad's car broke down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you had to come pick us up, and we had been on a big bender the night before. Oh, my God. I literally had, like, fucking two hours of sleep before you called yeah, me. Yeah, I was... I sm- I had a reek of booze, and my dad just let it go. He, like, just didn't acknowledge it, because that's how my parents roll. 
and you had to come pick us up because his car broke down. Oh my god, I'm pretty sure I might have been. Don't do this. I don't think I was drunk, but no, I no, no, felt no. miserable. No, it was bad. It was like we went to bed at like one or two. I got up at four thirty to do the paper route. Yeah, and by like and and by I didn't like have to 6:30. drive. I didn't have to drive. He like picked me up or whatever, and I was not well. And then <laughs> like. Probably yeah. The day it was daylight, so six thirty, seven o'clock. You had a good five, six hours yeah. by then. His car broke Which down. Which to anybody else would be and like, and I had two to call you and be like, "Hey, <laughs> buckle up, Nancy. We need a lift." It was it was not great. That and was I had not- to come get you guys in the middle of the like independent retired care. Yeah. Yep. I know exact. <laughs> I could I could walk you to this within ten feet of where we were because we were broke down, and I was like. I am going to throw up. <laughs> like I was just trying to power through and then all So tell me about was, your childhood trauma and how trauma. you don't want your parents to know anything about your life. No, that's fine. And if they ever on the off chance that either one of your sisters just dips back in to pick up on an episode, no, that's fine. now they're going to know. I am I religious am, trauma. It's I real. am I am not a black sheep in any other circle besides the tiny little circle that my family lives in. Yeah. I am, like, I am I am okay with that. I am the I'm the worldly one amongst my family, <laughs> if that tells you how small of a circle we run in. Anywho. So yeah, I've been I did the paper out with him for a couple of years. Only Sundays. He did the rest of the days. But no, there are some mornings I'd have punched a bitch. I get it. <laughs> This very minute experience I have, I can totally relate to this serial killer. No, no, you don't. It's not even the people. You just get annoyed with certain like mailbox, like inanimate objects, like just inconveniences that you're like, this is just unnecessarily not easy. Can you sound any more Midwest? What? That I... The inanimate object. You know, like we apologize to the yeah. inanimate objects. No, no. I've, like, now I've you're, cursed. Now I, you're putting even more emotive, like, I've said fuck you to driveways <laughs> that, like, it doesn't even make, like, there's, people aren't going to move their house for me on a Sunday morning. How dare Delivering their mailbox. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah. And I have to, like, deliver your paper, then back into your driveway to go the other way down the road. How rude. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god! I told you about that one time I did the paper route with that one single time I did the paper route with Beth, mm-hmm. and we were in some dirt roads, like yeah. <laughs> and it was the middle of the. It was like also dusk isk, yeah. yeah. And we accidentally backed up into somebody's like yellow safety like metal pole that they had at the end of the driveway, and it yeah. got stuck in the muffler. That was fun. Oh, that's a good aim. Yeah, in the snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, down like a fucking like lake dark like lake back road with a yeah, forty five no. degree slope. Paper routes are like they're decent money, especially Christmas time, but they are the biggest pain in the ass. Oh yeah, and they beat the fuck out of your car. Anyway, appreciate your mail people. Guys. Anyway, back to this mail carrier. <laughs> So anyway, Coral. he came back, and it was suggested that he has uh, outpatient care. Yeah, because he's this beautifully is why, dangerous. Yeah, and in case you didn't know, obviously there's a reason why people say going postal. Mm-hmm. Delivering is tough. Yeah. <laughs> so later, psych evals came back to the conclusion that he might, like other psych evals, that he might be homosexual, and that this is why he hated women so much. Okay. Despite the fact that he started having sex at 14. With women. With women. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just needed to like make sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I it, mean, if you want to go by the name Coral, people are probably going to look at you sideways in Midwest Michigan. He's also not gay. He just that's hated fine. women. Like you can, like you don't. 
yeah. hate women if you're homosexual. Like that's not the problem, guys. No. He just <laughs> that's yeah, that's He is the he's the personification of toxic masculinity. I've never met in my limited experience with most of the LGBTQ, they are very pro woman on every part of that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually dudes that get like like fuck men. Uh, no, but apparently back in the 70s that's not what they thought. Okay, good. Mhm. We've come a long way. Yeah. Um, now we just man, have to convince the uh, you punch like, a man, the you're other twenty percent. You, you punch a woman, you're gay. Okay, that's, yeah. that makes sense. Good psyche, Val. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. These are also the ones that say that he was cunning, even though the other one said he had an IQ of sixty-eight. Look, it's all. I'm just giving you information. Yeah. It's all convoluted. Okay. Let's keep. You, this is a two-parter too. Two-parter. He hasn't even killed anybody yet. He's just punched a lady. Yep. Okay. So it also this is might. Why it's a two-parter. He's having problems with his homicidal impulse controls so it also might be rooted in being told that sex was a wicked act because he was raised super conservative and despite all this sexual trauma because having sex at 14 is a sexual trauma Uh none of his victims were sexually assaulted just physically okay and i suppose spiritually as well since you know so many died well not yet we'll get there i said yet so because this made uh because this made it Man is a POS that just keeps slipping through the cracks. It, he was described later by police officers after interrogation that although he might not have been street smart, he was cunning and very, very intelligent and knew exactly what kind of information to give or withhold. And he had also had an excellent memory. So okay. he complained about having a bad memory when he was a child. But it was... And the police officers are like, absolutely untrue. Or his memory only works during the traumatic times. Or he is uh, really hyper focused. Well, that yeah, you know, on this one thing. This is his hyper. This is his hyper focus activity. <laughs> yeah, he's laser. This is in. his dopamine release. That's why he remembers so much about it. Yeah. I mean, we typically don't yuck someone's yum, but in this case, I think it's. Oh, I, it's think, a, I think yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's rewind back to his high school days. Do you want to make the rewind sound? Go for it. Can you do it? <laughs> How's that? Masterful. So he managed to graduate high school despite his poor grades. I hope someone plays that the other way and it actually says something. It doesn't. Oh, wouldn't it be just great if that just became like the new, like when they, (laughs) on Little Nicky, when they were like, what's Ozzy saying? And it's going backwards. Like Ozzy, isn't it? He was forward with his message. He's like, it's Chicago. And he puts it on and it like spins backwards and has like the Damon voice. I saw Little Nicky once 20 years ago, so I don't remember most of it. What? But you love Adam Sandler. I do. Do you think my parents, like, we didn't own Little Nicky. I watched it once at Jamie's house, more <gasps> than likely. Jamie. What? Bad influence. Jamie had HBO growing up. That's the only place I got to see movies that weren't fucking, like, Old Yeller in Black Beauty. And you said that I was the one that turned you into the black sheep of the family. I think it was Jamie. I mean, his family was not my family. <laughs> <laughs> He's aware of that. He's seen both of my family. He knows my family better than most people. <laughs> Not anymore. All of our listeners now know your family. That's fine. Well, yeah. So anyway, um, he managed to graduate high school despite his poor grades, lack of motivation, and constant getting in trouble for being a total creep to the girls in school. It's just yeah, borderline stalker. Yep. But he hates no, women. Yeah. Okay. The stalking Stalk. is part stalking. of him getting, like, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He stalks. Okay. He murders. 
Don't. So this is like his pre spoiler. This alert. is sorry. This is him working on his mo. He's he's getting in the groove, figuring out his tactics. Okay. He's practicing. I just heard a thud thuds from somewhere in our house. Did you hear that? No. Oh, good. Okay. The dog didn't even react. Okay. Are you hallucinating? No. I'm going to okay. timestamp that at 2749 in my brain here. Okay. We're going to listen back. So, <laughs> and we'll let you know what we hear. If anybody anything. hears an EVP in any of these, just let us know, okay? <laughs> we got a lot of open mics, big, old house. If you hear anything we don't say, just let us know. Yeah, please. <laughs> so, he went on a... He went after high school. He went on to a college in Tennessee with a football scholarship, but he lost that after only three months after an injury. And he was also being accused of stalking and assaulting women. On a college football scholarship? Uh huh. Yeah. No, he was a really good athlete. That's D one, homie. Yeah. That's okay. No, he was a good athlete. I told. I I know I brushed over it because fuck this guy. We don't need to go into like D one athletes. Yeah, that's no big deal. Oh whatever. He goes to Tennessee. Uh, that would have been like the seventies. Okay. I think it was just a small college in Tennessee. I don't think it was a big Oh, one. it wasn't University no, of Tennessee? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. No, it was just like Laverne, Tennessee or something like that. I was that. like, did this guy play with Arch Manning? No, no. This guy's literally going from a podunk Archie. town to a podunk town. Wait, did Archie Manning go to Old... Anyway, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. So, uh... Peyton played at Tennessee. See, I said two... Eli I didn't played say, at Old Miss. I said he went I was to trying a to think college. where Archie went. He you went to a college in Tennessee. No. Okay. No one cares. Anybody listening to a true crime history podcast gives zero shits about sports, except for maybe Dave Anthony, and there's no way he would ever listen. Okay. Jamie cares, and he listened, and he's been mentioned three times in this podcast. Anyway, go out your business. <sighs> and now I'm just curious where Archie Manning went to high school or college. <laughs> Google it. No, no, I don't care that much. Okay, I do care. You keep reading. So he went to a college in Tennessee, just a random college. Any of them, not D1. Yep. He lost his scholarship after only three months with an injury and also being accused of stalking and assaulting women. And for being a possible suspect in a brutal murder of a fellow female student. That's not great. Sharp turn. Yeah, uh, we got brutal all of a sudden. So back home he went to Michigan becoming a mechanic for the time being and he would continue going to mental health checkups but rarely and he still suffered from murderous urges he Mur- then d- <laughs> murderous urges yeah, yeah. say that 10 times yeah fast. no it it blended in my head just <laughs> listening to it Murder. i also had a couple of visits because Murges. you know we got a murderous urges. i hope i'm not slurring the shit out of my words nah, who cares yeah. people are used to it i've had all the wine tonight so we've done enough of these sober i can't do it anymore <laughs> She said serial killer earlier, and I had to imbibe. So he I then had to what imbibe, imbibe, abide, imbibe. What's imbibe? To drink. Okay. You imbibe in it. I've never heard the term imbibe. All right, I'm questioning my entire reality. Um, <laughs> so that I don't destroy this, can you look up the definition of imbibe, please? Like I n i m b i m i m. Okay. B i. <laughs> B-E. Imbibe. To drink alcohol, they were in imbi- absorb or assimilate. Hi, I studied English. <laughs> in botany, it means to absorb water. It means to drink alcohol. I, uh, that's fine. I just never heard that word before. Oh. Imbibe. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I was like. In, add it, it's add it to like, your lexicon. It's a good one. Eh, probably won't. <laughs> Because then I'll have and to be like, oh, is this 1920? Because then people have to Google it around me. <laughs> I try to I try to play to the crowd. Context. That's fine. D- didn't you learn how to use your context words? Yeah. Okay. 
You heard that thud though, right? Yeah, I did hear that one. Yes. <laughs> the dog <laughs> the did too. Yeah, we're, we're, there's daemons downstairs. So he then decided to head back to college um, and he was accepted at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. Go Broncos. Yep. Despite being evaluated as still a danger to society by his outpatient checkups. Um, the Do you psych- have to disclose that when you're in like... Uh-uh. No? The psych staff couldn't notify police because of HIPAA laws. Oh, mm-hmm. I feel like your counselor, like your entry, when you go to apply to schools, that should be on the list yeah. of like pre-existing conditions or something. Somewhere it has to be on the questionnaire. Yeah, if if murderous urges and homicidal impulses are on somebody's list, you should probably be allowed to disclose that information. Somewhere. For like just safety of the students. Well, you know, okay. might be the root cause to why we have so many school shooters. So, sorry, can't get political. Well, and uh, you can't, just I'm going to walk away. <laughs> um, we've had too much of that in our lives, not in the podcast outside of it. But uh, yeah, it just seems like that would be somewhere would be disclosed. But it just comes back to mental health and how it was treated in the 70s. Oh, anyway. yeah. All the way up to like the early 90s. Even now still, yeah, like, no, I, it's yeah, awful. So, um, so he took to stalking women. You know, the 70s were 50 some years ago, right? I'm going to throw up. <laughs> So, um, so he took to stalking women while he was at college, tending, okay. uh, he was trending toward apartment complexes. So on October 25th, 1974, he attacked his first victim in his adult life. Okay. Lenore Knizaki. Sounds Polish. Yep. So he knocked on her door. As, his okay. MO. Did he punch her in the face? <laughs> no. I got your paper lady. Uh, so what, what if he, he was asking to, if he did that to all his victims, I, <laughs> I won't find this more, um, like <laughs> I won't justify it's what he less did. Ha- it's, it won't seem as heinous because it would be more comical. But the jokes will be way more natural if he knocked and then offers him a paper and then punches everyone in the face. No, he's, no. he's adjusted. He's tweaked his MO a little bit. Okay. Um, now he knocks on the door and asks for <laughs> Charles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Chuck here? Yep. So she told him through a chain door that there was no Charles there. So he left and he came back and asked again. And this time she agreed to let him in while she got a paper for a note in case this Charles person showed up. It's not a good choice, lady. And that's when he attacked her. Okay. Choking her. And she fought back and survived. And Carl just left her unconscious. So he left thinking she died. Oh, okay. She was just unconscious. So she survived. Good. And this was a tactic that he used often. Another woman was attacked in mid-November in the same complex in the same way where he knocked on the door and asked for Charles. She also managed to survive getting a detailed report to police because she managed to see his car. Okay. Um, and then all of this led to his first arrest just a few days later. Was he in like any sort of mask or anything or just complete? Nope. Okay, cool. So all of this led to his first arrest just a few days later when both women he assaulted picked him out of a lineup. When he was interviewed by police a few days later, he admitted to attacking 15 other women. Jesus, that never came forward? Nope. Okay. But he did not admit to any murders. At this point. No. Even though he didn't confess at first, he was successful between the two assaults. So these two women have mm-hmm. our witnesses who were like, yes, he knocked on my door and he asked for Charles. We know this is a technique for him okay he admitted to attacking 15 other women and 
admitted to no murders. Okay. But during this time that he claimed, during this time span that he gave them and said, I attacked women mm-hmm. at this time, there was There's also dead people. on October 30th, 1974, Gloria Steele, who was a 19-year-old Western Michigan University student and a mother of a three-year-old daughter, she was found dead. Okay. Her body was dropped near campus. It had 33 stab wounds. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a male witness said that there was a man asking around for Charles the night she disappeared. Of course there was. But he admitted to no murders. Okay. Not yet. But this was the only evidence available in Gloria's case. Everything was gone and her body had been moved, leaving nothing for police to investigate. They couldn't find any, like, solid evidence. And this was the 70s, so, like, DNA Forensics was, is shit, Yeah. yeah. I think back then the only thing you could tell is if someone was a secretor or a they non-secretor. They crane on their side. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. Um, so the only thing that he told police during his, his interview was that he had been in the area that Gloria was last seen. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an additional victim on October 31st as well, found stabbed and dead on her way home on Gross Isle. Uh, on a Detroit. separate note, because that's what I do here. Do you know we've had, in my time at the lab, since I've been hired there, three different forensic science majors that all end up working at our lab, not using their degree, and it's, I swear it's because of fucking CSI and all those shows. It's also the rise in true crime. When you listen to a lot of podcasts, like bigger podcasts, people are like, I'm going back to to get my forensic degree because of this and this and this. Yeah. And now we know one that we're very good friends with, um, who has a pin. Huh? Right? JV was one, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe she works for the state of Michigan. Anyway, we've had, but not doing, not using her degree. Well, and anyway, people, someone's still at the lab. I don't want to pe- say people's names on here that don't aren't don't associated listen. with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's still people that work at the lab that are forensic science majors. And it's like you shouldn't be here, but I understand because there's not. Well, also, it might you be, can't go work for CSIs everywhere. Yeah, well, and it might be different in bigger cities, but like, yeah, if you were in like a small. Well, Don't if you, do if you live in Wyoming, Montana, the Dakotas, no, no, all those just, little fucking podunky states. Don't. It's just one of those things where you have to go beyond a bachelor's. That's all. Yeah, I thought about when I was an when I first got licensed in aesthetics, being a dermatologist, and I looked into it and was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be forty five years old and get to start doing dermatology. Yeah, and you have to do two separate residencies. Yeah, no, it's a massive it's miserable. Yep, and seems excessive. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> God, we've wandered. So by December, after another interview with an investigator, Carl decided that he should admit himself to the Kalamazoo State Psych Hospital. Okay. Yeah. He was like, I may have made some boo-boos. I guess I'll go admit myself. And he's going to go ask for Charles. Um, So this is where he was evaluated by a ton of doctors, and they all came to the conclusion that he didn't have any psychotic symptoms and that his mental faculties was intact. Were intact? Are. Are intact. Were. Were. At that time. Wouldn't be was. Were at that time intact. Fuck grammar. Who cares? I don't English know what major. imbibe means, so <laughs> don't ask me fuck all. So he didn't have any delusions or, um, and he's he been, wasn't. He's been looking for this guy named Charles for years and not finding him. So. Uh, Charles is actually his brother. I probably should have included that. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, one of his brothers, of his like nine siblings, one of them's name was Charles. Well, yeah, he's got between biological and step siblings, he's got a ton to choose from. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I should have led with that. We know he's not schizophrenic. Charles was like based on a real person <laughs> yeah, that, that existed. That could have really added For a sure. layer to this. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't having any delusions. Charles was a real person. Okay, true. And he knew he wasn't there. Side note. Never mind. Keep going. No, no, not relevant. Please proceed. <laughs> Please. So they also determined he wasn't hearing any voices. Okay. So while he was in the psych ward, Carl's attempted to kill himself, or according to one psych analysis, made the doctors think he tried to kill himself. Because uh, when they went to go pull him down from his like shitty noose, he was still very much alive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's just an They're like, we think issue. it was just like a. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They think it might have been like a fake suicide attempt. Okay. Um, Because they don't think he's dumb. They think he's manipulative, you know? Okay. Um, So he wants to get off on a plea of insanity, essentially? Yes. Okay. So he was admitted to a new psych ward where the doctors there decided that Carl was definitely capable of standing trial. So he was finally charged with the two assaults and sentenced to one year in jail. That doesn't seem like enough. Mm -mm. Especially after his past history. (laughs) What about the admittance to 15 other assaults? They had no evidence in it. Also, it's also the justice system in the 70s. Like, you would be like, oh, you raped someone? And she, like, now has brain damage? Let's throw you in jail for five years and, like, you'll get out in three and a half with good behavior. Like, that's, like, that's just, if you listen to enough of this kind of content, you know that's just The status quo, yeah. So he was released in August of 1976, and he moved back to Inkster with his mom, hooked up with a girl from high school, and became a father himself. Okay. I know someone from Inkster. Sorry. Full circle. Local. Jackie. Remember? Yes. Yes. The market? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's an Inkster person. So he was a uh, he was a good dad to his daughter, but was described as a deadbeat dad. Wait, he's got a daughter? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So by 1980, his wife had filed for divorce saying Is that- he married? He, yeah. When did he all this happen? He shacked up literally two seconds ago in August of 1976. <laughs> he he moved back to the with his mom, uh-huh. hooked up with a girl from high school, and became a father himself. Okay. You missed that entire sentence? I didn't miss it. I just- Well, I guess I did miss it. I just didn't realize he was married. I heard the child part. We're just- l- we're sprinting through time right now. Okay, we're in the 76. 80s now. So, <laughs> we are fucking sprinting. So he was a shit, he was a fine dad, but he was like a lump. Okay. And his wife finally had enough. Yeah. Cuz they got married. Shocker. Yep. So by May he of 19 19- like real marriage material. Yeah. So by May of 1980, his wife had filed for divorce saying that he would have nightmares. <laughs> and he started boxing random women. Just, just <laughs> hold on. Just walking through the grocery store. <laughs> you want to fight, lady? What? <laughs> Just Lady, wait. you want to fight? <laughs> Sorry. It gets so bad. Does it? Yes. It feels like my story's pretty bad already. <laughs> It feels it feels like Vice City, where you just walk around and you just punch anyone and start a fight and then just run from the cops. So paint your car a different color, you're good. Yep. So she said in his in her divorce filing that he would have nightmares where he would sometimes fall out of bed mm-hmm. and then not wake up at all. That's called dead. So after <laughs> What do you yeah. mean? So he would like fall out of bed and have a nightmare. Asleep? And like thrash in his sleep and fall out of bed and not wake up the entire time. I'm a pretty deep sleeper, but I think that would probably rattle me a little. <laughs> Isn't that the most fucked up thing? That's pretty fucked his up. His poor Have wife. Have you ever fallen out of bed? Yes. It is fucking traumatic. 
You think you're off a cliff. You don't know how long it's going to take till you <laughs> land. It is terrifying. I only felt like off a couch as like a teenager. And that's not even that high. Like beds are way higher than you, couches. You see how much I move and sleep. <laughs> oh my God. And when I like growing up had a twin mattress, I would fall off. Not like, like once a year, like not like constantly, but like. It that, wasn't that big of an issue. No, no, no. You wake, Just often enough to have a little bit of PTSD from it. I don't know if this is just me, but you always wake up mid fall. And you don't know from what height, like, you know how tall your bed is, but you have no idea how far you fell from, and you have no idea how far you're falling. (laughs) You just wake up in the highest of panics, (laughs) and then the abruptest of falls. (laughs) It is is a roller coaster of emotions. In one second. (laughs) Guys, this is the most Scott has felt ever. Yeah, you think you just he fell listens off. to music so he can feel yeah. like this is no, no. this is peak adrenaline. For you, th- him. you think you just fell off a cliff and you have nine seconds? No, you just roll off your bed and in the time it takes you to open your eyes, you are going to hit the carpet. You really struggle with the suddenness of death, don't you? Well, no, I don't think I'm dying. I just this and it hasn't happened since I've like been an adult. But as a child, like once <laughs> Could a year, you imagine though as an adult hitting the ground from the bed. Okay. You'd be fucked for a month. You'd have to go see a chiropractor, have, get checked for cracked ribs. Have you seen my childhood bedroom? They put <laughs> carpet over concrete. It hurt, okay? And I was a husky, as they called it back then. I was a chubby kid. I had a lot of padding, but it still fucking hurt. Rolling. Anyway, sorry. That's just my near-death experience every year as a child. <laughs> We're processing a lot of trauma yeah. in this episode. Yeah. He's saying he can relate. Yes. Yeah, no, me and this guy. No, I can't relate. I cannot imagine sleeping through that. He's really trying to let you guys know he's not a I serial killer. I don't remember killer. fuck all from my childhood, but I remember every time I fell out of bed and it scared the fuck out of me. So anyway, that's not the worst part. No, is it? It's okay. not. Um, after- can you imagine being his wife? Yeah, it'd be fucking and horrifying. And he's just like, you're just laying there and you hear and all of a sudden he just doesn't wake up and you know he keeps snoring like or, or having a nightmare and you'd be like the fuck is wrong with this guy ever, all the time it would yeah. be horrifying you knew then that you fucked up and this is back in the 70s and at how, point, how hard it would be to have to leave and at what point do you just put a pillow on the ground <laughs> to try to ease his fall <laughs> you don't because this guy's a fucking psychopath yeah you don't want more brain damage at least put a pillow by his head oh yeah that self-preservation would kick in so despite not waking up during the nightmares um after they did the dirty he would just fuck off for hours in the middle of the night right after like leave like leave just (laughs) i'm gonna head out yeah i'm gonna take a lap i'll give you one guess what time of the day most of his murders and attacks happened during after they Parked and he was just wandering between like midnight and three okay good yep so in the interim between yeah. getting married and then getting divorced in the summer and fall of 1976 there were attacks on five more detroit women he was arrested for disorderly prowling outside of a woman's house uh-huh it's a fun charge disorderly prowling bring it back that's that's like what a coyote <laughs> gets charged with yeah so the charges were dropped mm-hmm. um and then nine more women were found dead in the Ann Arbor, Detroit area. Oh, okay. All f- found in apartments on the side of... On- notes saying, wait for Charles. <laughs> <laughs> they were found on the side of uh, sidewalks, all stabbed, strangled, or bludgeoned. All small, petite women, usually white, which is unusual for serial killers. Usually don't okay. murder outside your race. Um, but Carl wasn't picky, and there were other women of other color. 
women of color. Yeah. Um, and uh, none of them were sexually assaulted. Okay. So one murder, Helen Dutcher had a witness. All right. This was a man named Joseph Foy. He saw Carl and Helen getting into a tussle outside of a dry cleaner in Ferndale and watched Carl drag her behind the building and into an alleyway. Probably not good. So he went to the police and gave a description. Okay. Yep. They drew up a composite sketch. And then Helen was found the following day with 12 stab wounds. Okay. Sounds very Carl-like. Yep. Just comparing to the 33. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joseph Foy mm-hmm. will be important. Okay. Joe I don't Foy? Wanna... Joe Foy? Joe Foy will be important. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> so by July 1980, the Detroit police set up a task force and Carl was their number one suspect. Sounds. Yep. Yep. They got that right. Yes. So he was being watched, and after pulling a putting a tracking device on his car, police found surveillance footage between the Michigan and Canada border um, that featured a certain someone's white Grand Prix growing, going to and from Windsor. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, women started getting attacked over there, too. Shocking. What? Was he taking the bridge or the tunnel? <laughs> the bridge. That's, that's where he fucked up. Should have took the tunnel. I've never taken... Either, but um, I've only done the bridge. I went to Canada one time. I did go to Canada <laughs> in eighth grade, but it was on a bus, and I don't remember. You don't remember? I assume it wasn't a tunnel because I feel like I would have remembered that. We really struggled um, when I was in Lions Band. Mm-hmm. Nerd alert! Um, uh, the air conditioning unit on the top of our charter bus when we were in New York because mm-hmm. we had a hotel in Jersey. It was like <laughs> questionably scraping through like so i would be i i wouldn't be surprised if they took the bridge just to avoid any remember getting issues you don't don't, nope i just had um my blue and yellow sony cd player and lincoln park blaring in my ears hybrid theory i did that on the band trip it was mcr good times (laughs) black parade yep Ugh. Ugh. we're elder millennials like we're elder emo millennials i know it's disgusting. I make Lily listen to it in the car sometimes. Ugh, I'm going to go lay out in traffic. <laughs> anyway, all of these women were either stabbed, strangled, or bludgeoned, and none of them were sexually assaulted. So there were at least three women, one named Irene. She survived getting her throat slit. And, Jesus. Yeah. And it, I told you, it, it escalates. And then another survived getting stabbed in the back, and the last managed to survive when she started screaming when she realized she was being followed. Can we just say Carl's kind of a shitty serial killer? Yes. He has a high survival rate. Yes. So maybe he's a good seer. I don't know. But I guess it depends on your perspective. He's not hyper successful at what he does. No, he's not efficient at all. So this survivor, her name is Mary, picked Carl out of a lineup. After this last failed attempt, the task force managed to track Carl down. And who at this point was known as the Sunday morning slasher because of his tendency to attack in the very wee hours of the morning. Like, you know, midnight to like three, five. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Keeping that schedule. And it was usually done on a Sunday. Okay. So, again, paper route schedule. Mm-hmm. They searched his car. He should be at church, but he's raging on a Sunday. <laughs> Great song. So that, they searched that's not his... A, that's a new elder... New song. Not yeah. Elder, I just got to show our range here. Yep. It's not a phase, Mom. Emo for life. <laughs> so they searched his car and found screwdrivers and woodworking tools inside. And a name of one of his victims, his Ann Arbor victims, uh-huh. written in a book 
but nothing solidly linked him to any of the crimes. Okay. Not even the blood sample he willingly gave the police during a five-hour interview. It's a long time. So at this point, he got sick of being followed by the task force, so he packed up and moved to Texas to live with his grandmother in March of 1981. Okay. And the lead investigator of the Sunday morning slasher case, Detective Paul Bunton, made sure to send mail, because this is the 80s, a 19-page case history to the Houston Police Department. And this is where we will end part one, because this is already way too long. A cliffhanger. Yep. To Texas. I'll give you one guess what happens in Texas. Um, He becomes a straight shooting citizen and... A Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, the next podcast in like 20 minutes. Yep. And he retires. Just he, he becomes part of NASA in Houston. And he gets shot into space and he's on Apollo 13. The Challenger. Whatever. <laughs> you know what happens to the Challenger, right? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. He finds Charles. <laughs> or Carl. No, he is Carl. He finds Charles. <laughs> okay, who would name their parent their kid Carl and Charles? That's horrible. They might have been step-siblings. Remember, the, the new like, dad came with six bonuses. It's like Tim and Tom. You don't do that to your Mm-mm. children. Timothy and Tomothy. <laughs> Sources. <laughs> Our next dog, we're naming Tomothy. <laughs> no one will ever take us seriously. <laughs> with a TH, Tomothy. <laughs> Could, oh, my God. Could you imagine trying to explain how our dog got its name? Will if will Wait, we put a collar s- on it that is embedded with shameless plug hashtag shameless plugging on it? Uh huh. Anyway, oh are sources. You doing, are you doing sources? This? Shut, no. Right now, yes, uh, it's not fine. Part two. We'll do it. Uh, we'll skim through it now. <laughs> okay. Murderpedia, which includes sources of Associated Press, Wikipedia, Encyclopedia of Modern Serial Killers, and the Houston Chronicle, Detroit Free Press, and Psych Write-Ups, and Summary from the Department of Psychology at Radford University in Virginia. True. Does he go to Virginia? No, that was just a really good psych read-up that I had that had a really solid timeline. I didn't want to go, like, all the states. No. No, it had a really good timeline in it. Thanks for listening, if you made it this far. Jesus fucking Christ, you're a saint. JFC. Congratulations. I thought his middle name was Harold. Anyway. Do you have any dumb dad jokes? After all of that? Yeah. No. Ugh. Did I tell you one this week? Yeah, there was one. I, it was did, a bird one of some sort. No, no, no. That was like that was a month ago. I already gave you that one on here. And remember, did you? Yeah, I did the bird one, the swallow one, and the chewy one I already did. <sighs> Do you forget those? No. Good. No. There was one that you made up that was really funny. I don't think so. No. Okay, good. Let's keep talking about it, and then it'll never come back to either. Oh, it was one that was wildly inappropriate that I'm really glad your daughter didn't hear you say um, today about... Should you repeat it on here? Pancakes. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. No, we should not repeat it on here. (laughs) I I really am not excited for when she's a teenager and has better hearing and like acute awareness and also starts to get things. Yeah. She's going to hate us so much. She's going to hate me. Yeah. The the I love a su- <clears throat> subtle innuendo jokes are kind of my favorite. And then you just say them and walk away. And then just let it fester and then when you hear someone laugh like 10 seconds later, that makes my day. Is I've done your, my job. Is that your dope is that how you get your dopamine kick? Yeah. Mainly. It's how you make the world a better place. That and lifting heavy <laughs> objects. That's- Setting them back down. <laughs> yep, pick them up, put them down, or push them up, put them down. Either way. That's how it. That's how I roll. Anyway, all right. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for everything. Stop. You're being ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> find our patron if you miss us and want more of this shit in your life. <laughs> All right. Thanks good? for listening. Okay, mm-hmm. bye. Okay, bye. Oof, that was terrible. Thanks for listening to our terrible podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at TMSTPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at Tell Me Something Terrible.